0: Hello everyone, welcome to Red Men Plus stay here, delighted to say I'm joined by Aaron from Proxima Janada, Cause yeah, Enzo Fernandez, all these rumors coming out, links important if people have an agreement, they really like him, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to talk about the links per se and the validity of them. Basically, I want to talk about Aaron because so I want to talk with Aaron about the player himself because um yeah, and as you as you well know, as soon as Liverpool are link with a Portuguese player, or if Liverpool are playing a Portuguese team in the Champions League or European, whatever, I always give you a quick call. And yeah, so obviously thanks so much for joining us, mate.
1: No, no he's happy to be back on. This is like the maybe the third or fourth time now, I think. May might be more, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I think every or, time we, yeah. every time we played Porto, every time we played Benfica. <laughs> We had Luis Diaz. We did talk with Darwin, I think. well. Yeah, yeah. Could be yeah. the fifth. <laughs> yeah, my teammates. Yeah. <laughs> the Phillies keep buying all these lads for Portugal. I keep getting you on. Um, I suppose we'll start there. Obviously, the, the link's from Portugal. Obviously, we know Julian Ward's leaving Liverpool, but everyone knows the ties he's got to Portuguese football. He's worked with the Portuguese national team. That's where his roots are. So it's no shock when Liverpool a link to players in Portugal, I suppose. The, but the question is, he's been in Portugal for like less than what is it, August almost? He's hardly kicked the ball for them. Yeah. really. He's only been there. Half a season, and already there's talk at the pool in for him at what is a you know a potentially significant price as well. Um before we get into the technical details of the player and what he's good, what he's bad, at is the hype justified? Is he is, is he worth all this this 4 very early into his career?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Simply, <laughs> but it's oh, it's only because I can't go back on my initial wave. I think I watched, I think I watched two or three games, of it of him when he first arrived. I think i like the third match and I remember texting a lad that I do próximo with with and I said, he'll be gone in January. There's not a chance he's staying to the end of the season. I was wrong on that because Rui Costas came out and said he's, they're not selling anyone in January unless the release is Met, which is like 120 million euros. Um, but he's, yeah, he's phenomenal. Like you, you, can, you can just tell straight away. There's just, there's some players who you look and you think you're above this level. You're above this level. And, and, the fact that Benfica got him, they only really got him on a a weird technicality, a weird. So basically, what happened was a couple of clubs were in for them. Wolves, they had they had someone. No surprise know, there, is the
0: wolves. Yeah, one
1: to yeah. The 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 um the wolves flew him out. They flew one of their fellas. Out, I think it was like the chief scout or whatever, or negotiator or whatever they call it. He just went over there, spoke to them, spoke to him. And they were like, yeah, we are proper keen. Because he's at River Plate at this at this point. It's before he's moved to Benfica. So um and he's turned around basically and said, I want to play in the Copa I want to try and win the Copa Libertadores. So Wolves have then had a little bit and United were interested in him as well. And I think for the same reason it turned United off because River were like, we're happy to do the sale, but he'd he'd either have to be sort of loaned back for him to play the Copa Libertadores. And whenever they're out, he can travel. And both, both clubs, I know Wolves definitely said, we need a player for now. We need a centre mid for now. And then they go out and get Mateus Nunez, which is, you know, the the, the sort of replacements. So, because the thinking is the Coba Libertadores, I mean, the season, I think it ended on the 29th of October. So if he stays for the Coba Libertadores, you're not getting him until basically mid November, which is, you're not getting him until after the World Cup, basically. Um. And as I say, those clubs were like, no, we need we need the centre mid now. So, Benfica, they weren't, they weren't too fussed. They got options in centre mid. They probably realised how good the player is and that's probably the only way that they're going to get him is by this sort of big sticking thing turning other clubs away. Safe to say, uh, I think River Plate got knocked out in the first knockout round, which never happens to River Plate. They usually go more or less all the way. They get knocked out straight away. He packs his bags and he's he's at Benfica for the start of the season. So Benfica have got this player that really they, they shouldn't have got. Mm-hmm. Um and he's been, yeah, he's been sensational ever since. They they unbeaten in, in every competition so far this season. Um, you know, they've played the likes of the PSG home and away. They've they've looked good. He's looked good in the in those games. Playing against those sorts of bigger sides against Juventus in the Champions League as well. He was fantastic. And um He's been a big reason, a big part of why they they're on course to have one of the best sort of Portuguese club seasons ever, as things are standing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, he's only twenty one. He turns twenty two next month. Um, I've been watching the World Cup obviously, on Argentina been like a box of frogs, and Mather's box of frogs. He he wasn't in that team. He soon got himself in that team and stayed in that team, and um, rightly so. I know he missed his penalty in the uh, in the quarter final, but I still thought he's been fantastic overall. And again. Yeah, from a Benfica point of view, my, my, I mean, like you said before, they're not stupid, That they'll have known, oh my God, this lad's the business, and we're, hmm. there was going to be interest already, whether they presumed it was going to be January. It, it has been interesting that Rui Costa has basically come out and said, no, we're not letting him go. Yeah. Um, I know there's a release clause, so in, in theory, if Liverpool stumped up 100 million quid, they could get him, but I don't I don't envisage that, to be honest with you. But do you believe Rui Costa? Because like, with, with all due respect to Benfica, it's not the... Uh, it's not that difficult to get players out of Portuguese clubs, it seems. I know there's even without these clauses, uh Luis Diaz, for example, That I don't think they had to stump the cash up, but it doesn't seem like, you know, are they in a place where they go, you know what, Liverpool are offering us 70, 80 million quid and we're going to say no? Or do you believe them? Actually, no, they're going to try and get to the end of the season. Because like you said, they're, out, they're, they're on course, an absolutely fantastic one.
1: Yeah, to be honest, we, we, if it was any other club, if it was Porto or Sporting, I'd say there's a chance there you only have to dangle, you know, some money in front, especially with their financial troubles with Benfica. And the fact that he's a new president, he's only sort of just taken over like fairly recently. He'll know that the promises that he's making to the supporters, he's got to keep this early in his, in his, in his sort of, um, in his position. And he said, yeah, he, he basically said, we're in no financial trouble whatsoever. We've got no financial issues. Uh, players will only leave if the release clauses are met not just him but talking about because obviously you're now talking about Man United they're interested in Gonzalo Ramos and, and those those types of players I think there's been in David Neres who's been brilliant he's not been at the World Cup but other clubs are now sniffing around him he's got his career back on track in, in Portugal so I think what was the phrase he used he said they're on course for a winning season so not just a good season he thinks it's going it's going to be uh, sort of this this project this season uh, he, he spoke a little bit about the the project as well which is something that they're big on in Portugal they have like a financial project or a, what they you call a sporting project which is what are you in it for are you in it for player sales or are you for, for actual for actually cashing in and he has been supposedly quite critical in the past of Benfica operating as a financial product and he th- he his sort of when he was running for for the presidency and he, he sort of took over because the other presidents some issues went on there but his whole thing has been about he wants them to get back to being a winning club and and he wants to build a winning project he doesn't want benfica to just compete he wants to be in like the semi-finals of the champions league and competing with sort of europe's elite he's going about it the right way because he's he's built to he's built a you know a good team the manager there that they brought in—that's a big, you know, signal of intent. Roger Smith, who was at PSV, really top manager who will want to keep hold of his best players at least until the summer. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think on this occasion, it's 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 a case of the sporting project probably becomes first because the interest in the likes of Enzo Fernandes, Gonzalo Ramos, that Antonio Silver, even the young centre half—they're all still going to be there in the summer. They, you know, if clubs want to come in with the release clause that's a way of them saying, well, look, there was nothing we could do about yeah. it. But at the same time, they pocketed, you know, yeah. triple figures. But, um, but but yeah, I, I do, I do think there's some integrity in what he's saying. I mean, this is where we put this out and and he ends up uh, selling them for 65 million No, put, well, like you say, not... mate, it, would be,
0: it, would, it would be, you are right, if you, if, you, you know, if you've run for a presidency on a promise, and then you come out in an interview and say, we're not selling them. If you then sell them already the fans can't believe a word you've said in your fir- one of your yeah. first interviews so yeah I, I do understand where you're coming from there let's move on to the player himself then because you said he's worth the hype uh, Yeah, I the floor is yours Aaron because I know we've we, we spoken <laughs> yeah. players in the past and you, you know we, I remember the Luis Diaz conversation we had w- when he was at Porto and we, I was just saying like who the Liverpool needs to have floor and you were like this lad here and obviously he, he turned out to be pretty good um, <laughs> where, where are we up to just talk to suppose, Enzo Fernandez. why is he so good, what's he good at, what does he do
1: He's 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 so highly rated because he's so versatile. He's so good at, at everything that he that he tries his hand in. I I think when you watch Benfica in the Champions League and you watch them in the Premier League, it's like you're watching two different players. And it, it you're looking at one player and you're thinking you could fit into a team, into a system playing in this. Say when he's in the Champions League um and he's putting in, I think he's averaging like four tackles a game, which for for like a centre mid. I mean, if you look at like the numbers, that's he's up there in like the top percentile. And then when he's playing sort of in the Premier League and he's playing more of, a bit further forward maybe, uh, and he's got more license to go when he's got sort of Florentino Luis alongside him, the sort of like two number sixes, one will go, one will stay. He's not putting in as many sort of interceptions or tackles, but then he's getting forward more and he's playing like so many like sort of key passes. He can play like, You know, said the the eye of the needle passes those type of sort of killer balls, but then at the same time, like his short passing is amazing as well. He very rarely gives the ball away, Uh, and I think something that's it's it's become sort of underrated because like fancy long passes and stuff, everyone's like blown away by them, but just his ability to always pick the right pass and. You look at some players like this sometimes and you see they've got really high passing accuracy and you think, oh, it must all be side to side and 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 um you know playing back to the centre halves and stuff. He he plays forward but just doesn't give the ball away because he always picks the right moment, always picks the right opportunity. He had a game recently and it, it I think we put a tweet out on Proximate after that of just like his numbers, and it was against and you can say, oh, it was the opposite, you know, the opposition or whatever, but you're playing against a team like that who've got 11 men behind the ball, basically, against Benfica, as as those type of teams usually do. And he had a, he finished the game with 100% pass accuracy he didn't give away uh, it, the ball once. Okay. He played seven long passes, like, and I'm talking like he was spraying it like 30, 35, 40 yards. And I think he played, was it, I think he, four, four, he got an assist with one of the passes and he created three or four big chances that he could have ended the game with a hat-stick of assists and didn't give the ball away once for 90 minutes and you're just watching him and you think how how can a player like that give the ball away when they never seem to take the wrong option and as I say when he's operating in that sort of double six this like midfield pivot and he's got attacking players in front of him. He's got sort of a three and then like the striker, Gonzalo Ramos, but he's got the likes of Rafa Silva, David Neres ahead of him. He can pop it off to those players who who will want to beat a man and and, and his positioning means that when he gives it, say, to a winger or a fullback, he'll find himself these little spaces on the edge of the box and then that's where his his sort of attacking instinct will come in as well. He scored scored two volleys for Benfica, two of them where he's just hit it. on on the volley from like quite far out his ball striking is like amazing I think it was the second game for Argentina when he came on I can't remember who it was against but he scored in this World Cup scored an absolute belter for Argentina and that's he's just got such a like a his all round game is just fun to watch he's just really good to watch and as I say, when he started the World Cup and he went in the the starting eleven, I remember I said to like a couple of my mates, if he gets in, if he gets in the team, he'll stay in the team because he's got something that none of those other midfielders have got, and that's that's the all round game. They might excel in certain areas, but someone like him, you can say, right, look, you're going to be playing as the number six today, or as Benfica have done, you can put him further forward and say, you know, you play as a eight, or you can play even like as a number ten. With you know, with with the with a wing winger either side here and the striker in front of you and sort of a four two three one, and he will just do a job. He he's got as I say, he's got great close control. His passing's really good. He's versatile. He and he, you know he creates chances as well. He does, he, I thought he averages like two or three big chances a game created, and I say it always comes back to you know. Oh, the league that he's playing in but you look at his numbers in the Champions League when he's asked to do a more defensive role and he's sensational at doing that as well so I, I genuinely I've been waxing about him for months since I first sort of watched him and um, yeah I was put onto him by you'll uh, kill me if I don't shout him out, Santi Bowser his name is an Argentinian football journalist I spoke to him before he came and he was like know, this, this, this kid's the business like he's the real deal and I remember I said like what's his best position I wanted to get a gauge on like what he was like I hadn't watched much of like the the Argentinian it sort of league uh, and he was like I can't even tell you what his best position is he was like because he can play as a 6 or an 8 or a 10 and he does it all like he literally can do it all so I was like okay this this kid's going to be decent and he surpassed my expectations definitely
0: That'll do for us. That'll do for us. If the people forget them all, <laughs> yeah. It was Mexico who scored this, by the way. It was, it was. Uh, I think he scored an on goal didn't he, as well against Argentina? But we, we, and he's missed a pen. But we'll gloss over that. He's only. <laughs> yeah. and they they yeah, won't get on, yeah. they, they won't be on the YouTube highlights when the Reds. Are, no, 50 no, 50 no. Um, from a Liverpool point of view, I know it's not really your area of expertise, obviously you focus more on the Portuguese football, um, but. Liverpool are linked with Drew Bellingham as well. Um, and they are these are two lads who are going to be very, very expensive. There are some people out there thinking maybe Liverpool are going to finally change and just two of them because they do need midfielders. You know, Milner's might leave, Oxley Chamberlain's going, Kaitas going, there's, there's injury issues around Keith Jones, Jordan Henderson, etc., etc., get old So Liverpool might book the trend and go for two of them. But there's a lot of people who will be watching, listening, discussing. There's no way. Just history tells us this won't happen. It's going to be one or it's going to be one or the other, essentially. Yeah, that's been like I mean, I've been in a few group chats there, and I was like, from my point of view, they're very different players. They're not. They're, it's like you know, yet they're both midfielders, and yet they're both young, and yet they're both really expensive. But yeah. I, my thinking, I mean I, I might be completely wrong here, but I'm thinking about, like. They're not really similar, so why would... It's not going to be like, oh, we can't get Bellingham, so we go and get Enzo Fernandez? Was just They are completely different, aren't they? Tell me, I'm not, I'm not going mental but when I say that. No,
1: they, 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 they can play, like, obviously, as you say, they're both, they're both centre-mids, and depending on what you're asking of them, because Bellingham's got things in his sort of arsenal that Enzo, like, I think was it who England were playing the the, the other day, and he created, he created one of the goals. He, like, got his head onto it, sprinted through midfield, like just went through the gears and you Senegal, think Enzo yeah Senegal. I think it was yeah and then he, you think he played the pass into 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 fold maybe yeah. was it and yeah. something like that that's Enzo Fernandez is good at driving through midfield, but not in not in that way yeah. like that was just like sheer like the athleticism of him just to to move through the gears whereas Enzo is a little bit more cute as a player I think it's a lot more sort of close control that sort of side of it but no yeah I don't I don't think that they're not they're not, they're not they're not carbon copies of each other, but they're not worlds apart either. I can see it being a case of, of one or the other, just simply because of the versatility of Enzo, and just be like, okay, this is where we want you to play. Okay, yeah, you know, he can do a job there. No, we need you to play further forward. Yeah, you can do a job there. And to be fair, Bellingham, from, from what I've seen him, again, I haven't seen that much of him, only when he's been playing for England, and I haven't watched a lot of England, and sort of a couple of games for for Dortmund, but he seems like another player who's just got it all. So I think, you know, if you're, if, 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 if Liverpool are going to go for one of them and you're sort of um and an arrow which one, I think whoever you're going to end up with, you're going to end up with a player that's potentially going to be world class or, you know, maybe in Bellingham's case already is world class, whatever your, your views on that are. But, um, yeah, I think if, if Liverpool got both, like, it'd, be, it'd be curtains for everyone else. Like, but, but then I think it'd also be curtains for the bank balance. He'd probably spend nearly, nearly 250 mil on two players. Um, yeah, you're right. To, yeah. Make,
0: make those new owners making it, it. to get them in, in, into the <laughs> hands in the pockets. Yeah, are, are you going to be writing about? I mean, if I was you, I'd be writing about them because the the clicks that people are going to be getting about Fernando Fernandez now. Yeah, are you going to be, are you definitely? Have you got some stuff? Because if you do, make by the way, I just all our listeners, we'll definitely retweet them off the Red account as well, so you can go and check them out to get learn even more. But is that something you've got yeah. on, your, on your agenda? Yeah,
1: I think I think I'm going to do a, a sort of because I do things for Opta the yeah. the analyst, which is where we. Obviously, it's a it's a lot more sort of data driven, but then using like the metrics, um, in a really like cool and like unique way, which is why I really like writing for them. I think possibly doing something on him for them, and um, but then if not, there'll be definitely be something on Proximo they using sort of his data, but also um maybe like a bit of a tactical analysis. And then as I say, there's a there's a podcast that I recorded before he joined Benfica on him. It's called The Inside Track on Enzo Fernandez. This is when he was at River Plate, so well ahead of the curve with that one. Um, if you
0: listen yeah, what we'll do, mate, if you, you send me the link over, what we'll do, we'll make sure that goes in the post for this. So if you just want to go back and listen to Aaron uh, chatting about him as well, we'll, we'll definitely we'll put that link in there for you as well. I'll be yeah. fascinated to listen to that as well.
1: Yeah, it, to be honest, I, I'd be interested to listen to it myself, to go back and see how much of the stuff that the the Argentine journalist said sort of rings through now and... and um, how much of what he said has is actually is came to fruition I remember coming away from that thinking oh yeah Benfica I've got a I've got a good player on the hands
0: there like absolutely mate thanks so much for joining us I know it was, it was quite late in the evening literally an hour or so notice. so I do appreciate it like I say do go and check out all of Adam's stuff on Prashima Denada. um we, again, we'll definitely, if you're on our socials at the Redmen TV, there'll be links there as well when, when this goes out. But mate, thank you so much. And like to say, the next time we either, I mean, there's a good chance we play Porto at some point, isn't there? there, there just is. <laughs> if, we, if we play Benfica, yeah. if, we, if we sign someone else from, from Porto or from Benfica, we'll get you back on. Right, thanks so much for joining us, mate. No worries. A pleasure as always, mate. Right. Thanks everyone for watching or listening to this latest episode of Experts Insight. Yeah, we'll be back next time. Fingers crossed when the pull up, another player. Could be right moment. <laughs> See you in a bit.